You're listening to the Dibbly Dobbly Podcast. Remember to like, share, comment, subscribe, and click the bell to make sure you get the latest episodes of the podcast. Be sure to like and share our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Dibbly Dobbly Podcast. On today's episode of the podcast, we review the Ashes series between Australia and England. It's the Dibbly Dobbly Podcast, and let's get started. Let's have a look at the results from this Ashes series over the five test matches. The first Ashes test at the Gabba, Australia won by nine wickets. Man of the match was Travis Head. The second Ashes test from the Adelaide Oval, Australia won by 275 runs. Man of the match was Marnus Labuschagne. The third Ashes test at the MCG, Australia won by an innings and 14 runs. Man of the match was Scott Bolan. The fourth Ashes test from the SCG, match was drawn. And the man of the match was Usman Kawaja. And the fifth Ashes Test match from Bell Reeve Oval. Australia won by 146 runs. Man of the match was Travis Head. Australia won the Ashes series 4-0. And the man of the series was Travis Head. Let's have a look at Australia's performance with both bat and ball in this Ashes series. And talk about their performance in this Ashes series. Let's start with their batting and see how they batsman performed in this series. Head, 357 runs. Labuschagne, 335. Warner, 273. Kawaja, 255. Smith, 244. Green, 228. Carey, 183. And Harris, 179 runs. So that's how the Australian batsmen performed in this Ashes series with the bat. Let's have a look at the bowling performance and see how the bowlers went about things in this series. Cummins took 21 wickets, 19 for Stark, 18 for Bolan, 16 for Lyon, Green 13, Richardson 5, Hazelwood 3, Nessa 2 and Smith 1. That's how the Australian bowlers performed in this Ashes series with the ball. Um, what can you say about Australia's series? It was a great series for Australia. To win 4-0 is a fantastic achievement. Could have been 5-0 if the test in Sydney didn't end in a draw, but obviously the weather and Australia dropping chances in Sydney contributed to that result in Sydney. But it could have been 5-0, easily 5-0, and another 5-0 series victory for Australia in Australia. But unfortunately it was 4-0, but that's still a good result um, in this Ashes series. They were absolutely dominant in this Ashes series, Australia. They absolutely outplayed England in all three departments. They batted well, bowled well, and fielded well. And that was the difference between the two sides. Australia were ruthless, aggressive, and they didn't let England in in any games at all in this Ashes series. Um, You know, for Australia, after what happened last summer against India, to come back and to win this Ashes series 4-0, you know, against an England side who were struggling... But still, it's a great result. And for them, um, hopefully for for Australia, they can build on this going forward into their future test series um, later on in the year and obviously for years to come. Um, Some positives to come out of this Ashes series for Australia. Well, number one, the biggest positive is Pat Cummins as captain. Um, He's captained very well. I've, I've been impressed with Pat's captaincy. His tactics were good. He rotated his bowl as well throughout the series. He also used himself well at times in test matches. He put himself on at crucial moments in test matches like we saw in Sydney 
He said, give me the ball. I'll get the couple of wickets we need to get closer to victory. He did that when he got rid of Butler and Wood with two cracking full deliveries to get them out of LBW and to really drag Australia back into the ascendancy in that match in Sydney. And also he did the same thing in Hobart as well in the last test, um, leading by example. Um, he's led well by example with the ball and his actions on and off the field. And I've noticed with Australia in this series, obviously a lot of questions about him becoming captain, obviously being a fast bowler. Um, and obviously being the first ever bowler that we've had as captain, probably since the Richie Benno days when he was captain, Richie Benno, the late, great Richie Benno, um, that we've never had a, a specialist bowler become captain. Um, and everyone says, well, we should have a batter as captain, but that's usually been the trend in cricket for years. And it goes back many years in the game, historically, uh, back in the real old days of cricket. But having Pat Cummins as a bowler and captain... It's something different. It's something new. It's something that is not a rarity in the game, but it is a rarity, obviously. Most teams don't prefer to go down this route, but we, we have seen it done before in the game, and many captains who were bowlers did quite well. Um, and for Cummins, he led well. He's really put a, a calming influence. He he's had a calming influence on this team. I've noticed that this Australian team under Pat Cummins, they seem a lot more happier calm, uh, more cohesive, and wanting to play for Pat Cummins and wanting to do their best. And that's what Pat has. He's got that calming influence. And especially in these last two test matches in particular, when the pressure was on in Sydney and where Australia needed those wickets, Australia didn't panic. They were calm. They stuck to their plans. And that's what Pat Cummins has instilled in this test team. And also in Hobart as well, when England got off to a good start of the second innings and were none for 68, and a bit of pressure on Australia, Australia kept their calm and they were able to be patient and wickets came and look what happened there. England collapsed, lost 10 for 56 and lost the test match badly. So he's got that calming influence on this team, Pat Cummins. And obviously Pat's one of my favourite players and I think he's everyone's favourite players among the fans here in Australia. He's done so well. And I'm so happy that Pat Cummins has done well in his first series as captain. Obviously, a bit of a challenge for him to come in as the captain. He wasn't expecting to be the captain. Obviously, Tim Payne stood down. He became captain. He missed out the second test in Adelaide because of unforeseen circumstances. Steve Smith came in as vice-captain, led the side, did well. So there was a lot of challenges for him and also for Australia in this series. But every time Australia were challenged, they always overcame the challenge. And they were able to... Uh, press home their advantage. The batting, let's talk about that from Australia. I thought their batting in the series was good. We saw some very good contributions from all of the batsmen. Um, given that this series wasn't a dominated series with the bat, it was more with the ball. This series was more dominated by the ball than it has been with the bat. And, and especially the last Ashes series in Australia, the bat dominated against the ball. So I don't think it's a bad thing that the ball actually dominated for once over the bat. I think we want to see that balance between the bat and the ball. Um, and that was reflective in Steve Smith's performance in this series because he didn't have a, a great series with the bat by his standards. You know, 244 runs. He got 93 for his highest score. That was in Adelaide. Um, he got two half centuries. Okay, he didn't score any runs in the last test in, in Hobart given the, the conditions. But, you know... The last two Ashes series for him, he's dominated, really. Over 700 runs, averaging over 100, and he's got like three centuries by now. 
But given that he didn't have a great series with the bat, he didn't really dominate, um, just indicates that this was more of a bowling-type series than it was a batting-type series. And for once, we didn't rely on Smith or Labuschagne or Warner all the time. It was other people like Travis Head, uh, Cameron Green, uh, Usman Kawaja um, contributed and were able to score the runs and build the big partnerships and play the crucial innings that Australia needed to win games in this series. So it was great to see that those guys in particular really stood up and didn't leave it to Smith and Labuschagne and Warner to get us out of a jam, especially in the last test in Hobart where Travis Head stood up, scored that century um, and that brilliant partnership with Labuschagne and then Cameron Green. Also Cameron Green contributing as well. So it was great to see that. And uh, Travis Head's been the, the big positive from the Australian batting group. Um, that brilliant 100 in Brisbane was superb. The 152, the third fastest Ashes century. Um, the only batsman to score a century at the Gabba in a session at a test match. He just took that game away. And that pretty much set the tone for him, for his series. And he was named Man of the Series, and he deserved that uh, Man of the Series award um, for a great series. 357 runs, average of tick, tick over 60 nearly, uh, two centuries and a half century. But his strike rate, his strike rate was 86. And it just shows how dangerous Travis Head can be. We saw that in that century in Brisbane, but we also saw that in the century in Hobart where he really kicked off, he counter-attacked England, Australia were under pressure, he said, right, I'm going to play my shots here, be aggressive, get us out of a jam, and put us in a good position, and he did. Um, and Australia were able to score 303 runs, and were able to win that test match in Hobart, and win 4-0. So I think he's been the real big positive from this series for Australia. And finally, Travis Head is realising his potential, and his talent, and his skills. And he's saying, right, this is my approach now in Test Match Cricket. I'm just going to play my shots and be aggressive. Sometimes it may come off, sometimes it doesn't, but sometimes it does. So for him, I think he's found the right template to play Test Match Cricket and to bat at Test level. Uh, the other positive, I think, from this series for Australia, definitely uh, with the bat, is Cameron Green. Um, and also with the ball as well, with Cameron Green. We'll touch on that um, in a minute when we talk about Australia's bowling, but... With his batting, I thought in the last two test matches, he came of age. You know, scoring back-to-back 70-odds. He scored the 70-odd in Sydney and the 74 um, in Hobart. Those two innings for him will set him up confidence-wise going forward in test match cricket. He's a very good player, Cameron Green. He's got a lot of potential with both bat and ball. And what we've seen in this Ashes series, he's come of age with the ball, taking 13 wickets at an average of 15 Best of three for 21, which came in the last test in Hobart. But his batting, you know, 228 runs, 250s, average of 32, high score of 74. That's not bad. That's pretty good for the young man. So uh, I thought he was another real positive um, in, in the batting. So overall, I think Australia's batting was very good. Everyone contributed. It wasn't Warner. It wasn't Smith. It wasn't Labuschagne. He was doing all of the work. It was Travis Head, Green. Um, you know, Kawaja when he came in, Carey, Harris contributed a little bit. He struggled in the series, but he contributed when needed. Um, so everyone stood up. So it was a great team effort with the bat from Australia in this series. Let's talk about the bowling quickly uh, before we move on to talk about England's uh, Ashes series. Um, Australia's bowling attack was class. 
really was in this series. Cummins, yet again, the leading wicket-taker in the third successive Ashes series, he's been the leading wicket-taker. He was the leading wicket-taker in 2017-18 here in Australia, 2019 in England, and now 2021-22 in Australia. He's now the leading wicket-taker again. Three Ashes series in a row. Just shows how good Pat Cummins is. 21 wickets at an average of 18. One five-wicket haul. That was five for 38. Um, he was outstanding. Uh, Mitchell Stark was brilliant. I fought 19 wickets at an average of 25. Mitchell Stark had a brilliant series and was probably going to be one of the contenders for man of the series. He batted well as well with the bat, Mitchell Stark. He played some good knocks in this Ashes series, but he bowled well. And I think this is the best I've seen Mitchell Stark bowl in years. Um, you know, he, he, he bowled well. He hit a good line and length. Um, he had good variations. Um, and he was able to take wickets when needed for Australia. You know, that first ball of the series to Rory Burns pretty much set the turn for him in this Ashes series. And he never looked back. So brilliant to see Starkey uh, bowl the way he did in this series. He was outstanding. And what about Scott Boland? Scott Boland was outstanding. 18 wickets and an average of 9. 9.55. Best figures of 6 for 7 in Melbourne on debut. He had a wonderful series, Scott Boland. And he reminds me of a, a Stuart Clark, in a way. Um, someone who comes in and bowls a good hard line and length. And he's consistent and always challenging the batsman. And that's what he did in this series, Scott Boland. He was a bit of a surprise when he was selected in Melbourne. Uh, no one knew much of him, but now everyone knows who Scott Boland is. My word, he had a wonderful series, and I'm very happy for Scott. And it's good to see him get his opportunity at 32 years old. Uh, you know, many players, you know, debuting at 32, you know, a bit towards the back end of their career. But he's made every single moment count uh, with the opportunities given to him. And he's really performed well, Scott Boland, for his 18 wickets. And he really contributed to Australia's bowling effort in this series. Unbelievable from Scott Boland. What a bowler he is. Nathan Lyon, reliable as always. Nathan Lyon, 16 wickets in the series. Um, brilliant um, off-spinner, as we all know. Nathan Lyon took his 400th wicket at the Gabba when he got rid of Darwin Milan. That was a special moment for him, obviously, on 399 wickets for a while, and to get that 400th wicket just shows uh, what a wonderful career Nathan Lyon has had. So he did his role in this series. Cameron Green, we talked about him earlier. Uh, brilliant with the ball. Good to see him uh, getting rewarded with the ball. 13 wickets and an average of 13. Best of 3 for 21 that he picked up in Hobart when he led Australia in that second innings and uh, really annihilated England. Um, you know, not picking up a wicket before this series started. Uh, he had a tough series against India last summer, but to come out and get 13 wickets just shows the coming of age of Cameron Green as an all-rounder. And he is a serious talent, and he is going to be probably one of the best all-rounders Australia's had in the future. He's only 22. He's got a long way to go, but I think he can do it. Uh, Jai Richardson, he only played one test match, but the five-wicket haul he picked up in Adelaide in the day-night test in the second innings to, to bowl Australia to victory was outstanding. Great to see Jai back. Uh, Michael Ness had debuted in Adelaide, picked up two wickets. Great to see him get his opportunity. And obviously Steve Smith chipped in with a wicket uh, when he picked up Jack Leach in that Sydney test match in the fourth test to try and get Australia to victory. Um, so he chipped in with a wicket there. But overall, it was a great bowling performance from Australia. <clears throat> 
And obviously Josh Hazelwood. I forgot about him. Uh, just a word on Josh Hazelwood quickly. Three wickets. Only played the one test match. Missed out in uh, Brisbane, obviously. But for him to uh, not play this series, only play one test match, and Australia asking other bowlers to step up, like Boland, uh, Green, uh, Jai Richardson, Michael Nessa, to come in. It just shows um, the depth that Australian cricket has in terms of their fast bowling. And that, that was great to see in the series. So I think that was a positive as well from Australia. But overall, it was a great bowling performance from Australia. They absolutely dominated. And it, it was a world-class bowling performance from a world-class bowling attack. And overall, it was a great series from Australia. They absolutely dominated from the first test onwards to the last test in Hobart, just showing uh, why they're so good in home conditions. And they absolutely outplayed England in all departments. Let's have a look at England's performance with both bat and ball in this Ashes series and talk about their performance in this Ashes series. We'll start with their batting. Root, 322 runs. Milan, 244. Stokes, 236. Bairstra, 194. Crawley, 166. Wokes, 146. Butler, 107. Hamid, 80. Burns, 77, Pope, 67, and Billings, 30. That's how the England batsmen went about things in this Ashes series with the bat. Let's have a look at their bowlers and their performance in this Ashes series. Wood took 17 wickets, Broad, 13, Robinson, 11, Anderson, 8, Leach, 6, Wokes, 6, Root, 5, Stokes 4 and Milan 2. That's how the England bowlers performed in this Ashes series for England. <sighs> what can you say about England's series? It was a disappointing series overall. Um, in all departments, they struggled with the bat, big time with the bat. The ball, they struggled in parts, but they were able to uh, come back with the ball towards the back end of the series. Um, another series loss in Australia, the last three Ashes series now for England. They've lost 5-0 in 2013-14, 4-0 in 2017-18, and now in 2021-22 they've lost 4-0, um, which isn't great. And it just shows that when England come to Australia, they can't compete up against this Australian team. Their players can't um, handle Australian conditions. Um, their batsmen get exposed because of their techniques, weird and funky techniques that get exposed by Australia's bowlers, which put them under tremendous pressure and relentless pressure throughout this series. Their bowlers struggle um, as well, picking up wickets. But in this Ashes series, um, all of the surfaces were quite conducive um, for bowling and really assisted the bowlers. But England couldn't make uh, those opportunities that they had with the ball stick. And they couldn't really capitalise on those opportunities. Uh, let's talk about their batting. Nothing much to say about their batting in this Ashes series England. It was pretty poor. Uh, the only one who really stood up was Joe Root. And he had support from Darwin Milan. Uh, ben Stokes and Johnny Bairstro in Sydney put in some good performances. Sack Crawley looked promising, especially in the last test match in Hobart. Um, Hamid was struggling um, as an opener in this series. Rory Burns as well. Uh, Ollie Pope looked frenetic at times. Um, you know, obviously, 
struggled there. So it was disappointing from, from their batsmen in this series. They didn't show any fight or character or mental toughness with the bat at all in this Ashes series. They lacked partnerships. Couldn't post big totals on a regular basis, getting bowled out for under 200 or over 200. Uh, not making 300 once in the series ain't going to win you too many test matches, especially here in Australia. You need first innings runs to really compete in Australia, and England didn't do that. They always had a batting collapse. The collapse in Melbourne where they got bowled out for 68 was bad, but the collapse in Hobart in the last test, all out, you know, for 124, but they lost 10 for 56 in Hobart, in, in in the second innings, chasing 271, it was a, a very bad batting collapse, and it just summed up England's tour, it summed up their batting, and it was absolutely horrible, you know, their totals in the series, 147, 297, 236, 192, 185, 68, 294, 270, 188, and 124, it just shows you that they couldn't post big turtles, as I said before, on a regular basis. They didn't really compete in the first innings or in the second innings with the bat. They also lacked partnerships, as I said before. Um, they only had three 100-run partnerships in this series. 162, 138, and 128. And they only had five 50-run partnerships in this series. 72, 68, 61, 60, and 52. That's just not good enough. And those partnerships needed to be bigger. You compare that to the Australian side. They were able to convert those starts and those partnerships into big partnerships, whereas England didn't. So their batting was poor. Joe Root was the only one who really stood up, the captain. He had a golden 2021. But for Joe Root, he would have been disappointed in this series, averaging 32, highest score of 89. You know, three fifties and two ducks in the series, but he couldn't get that elusive hundred in Australia, and um, that will be the disappointing factor that he hasn't scored a hundred in Australia. Obviously, he's achieved everything else in the game, but he hasn't scored that hundred in Australia. And will he be back in four years' time? You'd probably say he will be back in the next Ashes series in four years' time, but anything could happen from there until now. So for Joe Root. As captain, he's disappointed by the team's results and efforts. But also with the bat, from his standards, he'll be disappointed that he got out cheaply a few times and weren't able, uh, wasn't able, I should say, to get that big century. So England's batting was poor um, in this series. So nothing much to say about England's batting. It was poor. It was pathetic. Uh, batting collapses happened too many times and they just really couldn't do anything with the bat, really. And it was just terrible. The bowling, let's talk about the bowling quickly. Um, I thought the bowling effort from England in this series was okay. Um, at first, they didn't quite get their lines and lengths right. Uh, they bowled a tad short, especially um, in Adelaide during the day-night test. Uh, a lot of people were criticising them for their lengths. But they were able to change their lengths as the series progressed into Melbourne, Sydney, and then in Hobart, which did suit their bowlers very well because Hobart resembles English type conditions obviously the pitch was green the ball was seaming and swinging and they bowled well in Hobart so they were able to bowl a fuller length and get into their work as a bowling group um, 
Obviously, they missed opportunities in the field as well with the ball. England at times, they dropped catches, which didn't help. They took wickets on no balls, which didn't help. Ben Stokes got rid of David Warner in the, in the first test at the Gabba with a no ball. The same thing happened to Ollie Robinson when he got rid of Labuschagne in Adelaide. And obviously, in the last test match, it was a bit of a controversial call if it was a no ball or not. Chris Wokes getting rid of Alex Carey. So that didn't help England's cause in this series. Uh, but the bowlers did well to get England into some good positions in terms of challenging in these test matches, in terms of them mounting a challenge and really competing in the series. But, the, but their batsmen let them down. And all that hard work that the bowlers did, they got let down by the batters because they couldn't bat and couldn't score runs. And they lost wickets and collapsed badly. Um, obviously, Mark Wood was probably the one standout bowler for England. He took 17 wickets, which is pretty good. Uh, he bowled very fast, good pace. Uh, he was always challenging the Australian batsmen. He was always fighting hard. Um, Stuart Broad, even though he only played three test matches in the series, but he really proved to the selectors, uh, in particular Chris Silverwood and Joe Root, you know, don't leave me out because I'm still the best bowler going around, and he certainly is. He bowled well. He proved his point. Um, Ollie Robinson showed a lot of promise, but for him, he needs to get fitter. Um, as we saw in Hobart, he had that back injury, and John Lewis, the bowling coach, came out and said he needs to get fitter. Um, so a bit of a, a warning there for Robinson um, in his career. If he wants to go further in test cricket, he's got to get fitter, and he does. Uh, James, Anderson, uh, James Anderson, I should say, showed glimpses of his best and why he's one of the best bowlers in world cricket. Uh, Jack Leach struggled in the series, but he was able to take four wickets in uh, Sydney, but he struggled at the Gabba, getting smacked for 100 runs when he bowled there in the first test match. Um, so really, the spin department wasn't really there for England in this series. Uh, Chris Wokes bowled okay for his six wickets, but he went for runs. Um, especially in the last test match, he bowled okay in the second innings, but in the first innings in Hobart, he was all over the place. Um, obviously, Joe Root, the skipper, chipping in with five wickets himself with his off spin. Ben Stokes was the big disappointment, obviously coming back from his mental health break, uh, coming back from injury as well. He was injured towards the back end of the series after pulling his side um, in Sydney, bowling bounces for some reason. I don't know why Joe Root instructed Ben Stokes to do that. That's probably Mark Wood's role, uh, but he was injured. He only took four wickets. He didn't really perform to his potential. And Darwin Milan bowling some part-time leg spinners. He got two wickets, and that was in Adelaide. So the bowling effort was okay from England, but at times they didn't grab their opportunities. Like in Hobart, for example, when Australia were three down for 12, they didn't make use of the conditions which were in favour of the England bowlers, and that's what they're used to having in England. And those conditions, green pitch, seaming everywhere, swinging everywhere as well, they didn't capitalise on that. And that's been the theme for England in this series, is that they haven't grabbed those opportunities when they presented themselves. So, so that was disappointing. So overall, the bowling performance for England was okay in this series. Now, before we finish up on England and finish up this uh, review of this Ashes series... There's a lot of questions for England to answer going forward after this Ashes series. Now, whenever England loses an Ashes series in Australia, there's always a review, and there's guaranteed to be a review after this series on England cricket and, and how they operate going forward into the future. Now, the biggest questions are, Joe Root, does he continue as captain? Chris Silverwood, does he continue as coach? 
and what sort of a uh, what sort of changes will the ECB make to their domestic system in England? So first of all, on Joe Root's uh, captaincy future, he has indicated he wants to continue, and it's up to Joe Root if he does as well. He thinks he's the right man to to lead England through this difficult period of rebuild um, with this Test side. Now, the thing with Joe is he has to weigh that up. Does he want to go through this stress and pressure? Uh, will it affect his batting? Will he get into a form slump and and really affect his batting? He needs to to really um, you know have a good think about that. Um, so for Joe, interesting to see if he does continue as captain after this series. Chris Silverwood, will he continue as coach? That remains to be seen. I think he may lose his job, and I think they may go elsewhere. Uh, he looks out of his depth, you know, coaching this England side. The tactics from him and being the main selector, the selections were wrong. He decided to not play Broad and Anderson in Brisbane. Uh, he didn't play Mark Ward or Jack Leach in Adelaide. Got those two teams mixed around, you know, so he got that all wrong. So the selections were wrong uh, and the tactics as well from Silverwood were wrong as well. Um, so he looks out of his depth. He may not uh, continue as coach going into the future. The changes that the ECB may make to the domestic system in England, county cricket and their priorities... That's going to be interesting to see what they do there. And they've got to ask themselves the hard questions. How can we stop the rot? How can we stop losing the way we are losing, especially here in Australia? But also, how can we improve Test cricket in in England? So a lot of tough questions for England in this series. But overall, it was a poor Ashes series from England. And this is probably their worst Ashes series that they've ever played in their history. And probably in Australia as well. Congratulations to Australia on winning this Ashes series 4-0. That result reflects their dominance in this Ashes series. It was a team effort from Australia to retain the urn on home soil. For England, it was a disappointing Ashes series, yet another Ashes series loss in Australia. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode. Be sure to subscribe and click the bell to get the latest episodes of the podcast, and like and share our Facebook page, and follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. Until next time, keep safe and bye for now.